In tonight's episode, we will be discussing some heavy topics such as sexual harassment. If you or anyone listening is not in the right headspace to listen to this conversation, please turn off. If you or anyone you know needs help, please check out Lifeline at 13 11 14, Beyond Blue at 1300 4636, Headspace at 1800 650 890 or Kids Helpline at 1800551800. Just to repeat those numbers, they were Lifeline at 13.11.14, Beyond Blue at 1300224636, Headspace at 1800650890 or Kids Helpline at 1800551800. Hello, friendos! Welcome to another edition of Player One here on Sin. Oh my god, guys, it's week four already. It feels like a month ago was a year ago. I'm Connor, joined alongside by Eleni. Hey, 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 going? <laughs> and of course, our dear baby boy, Nathan. Hello. I, I, I'm not sure why I'm being called a baby, but okay. <laughs> You'll always be our pl- number one, number one guy here, Nathan. And finally, the final boss of Player One, we have Jacob. Howdy! Uh, welcome to the show. Yes, and we've got plenty to talk about today in this three hour. I still can't believe we're doing three hours, guys. We've got so much to talk about. We've got news. We got releases. We got Olympic stuff. We do- I completely forgot the Olympics was happening, but. It's happening, so we're going to jump right into it. But before we get into all that juicy content, make sure you, you go to your phone, your laptop, computer, however you go to browse social media. Go check us out on the Twitters, the Instagrams, at Player1Sin. And whilst you're doing that, you might want to listen to some killer podcasts. So I'd recommend grabbing your phone, going to Spotify, or to Apple Podcasts, to Google Podcasts, or Omni, and go to Player One Sin. We've got a ton of stuff there, interviews, reviews, specials, all that juicy content just waiting for you to enjoy. But before we get into all that fun stuff, we've got our first first couple of songs for the day. So we've got uh, Ken's theme from Street Fighter 2 covered by Smooth in the Groove. Now, I want you guys to guess this because a lot of songs here are going to be Olympic themed. What sport do we think this song is going to be from? Ooh, ooh that's a toughie. Uh, but, you know, what? why don't you tell us by messaging us on any of our socials? Oh, even better. Let you guess what it is. That was Something Got Between Us by the Jungle Giants from Sin's Sweet 16 playlist. Uh, you can check that out at sin.org.au or on the Sin um, Sunday Sweets show on, on Sunday at noon. Uh, right now you're listening to Player One on Sin and uh, we've got some news and rapid fire releases for the news. We'll turn to Jacob. Jacob? 
yeah, we have a bit of an interesting week this week. Nothing amazing uh, or huge, but some good information nonetheless. Firstly, PAX West 2021 uh, attendees will require proof of their vaccination to attend the Seattle, Washington-based event. Uh, this has been confirmed by organisers, and chances are PAX Australia will follow suit. Uh, new live-action Pokemon Netflix series is on the way. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Siege of Paris, the title of, next, of the next paid DLC expansion, will head to PC and consoles on August 12th. Over 2,000 Blizzard, uh, Activision Blizzard employees, past and present, have signed an open letter condemning the company's response to a recent discrimination lawsuit. We will go more into depth on that a little later on. Um, following that, the first Halo Infinite multiplayer technical test will take place, quote-unquote, soon, according to developer 343 Industries. The Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S are officially the fastest-selling consoles, uh, Xbox consoles ever, according to Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella. I hope I pronounced that right. Following this, Mass Effect's legendary statistics have revealed choices that the players are making throughout their Legendary Edition playthroughs. That's always fun. Moving on, though, EA has big plans to uh, expand its sports games over the next five years as it targets an audience of 500 million players. That's a lot. Uh, following that, though, Facebook is temporarily pausing sales of the Oculus Quest 2 worldwide as the company announces a voluntary recall after concerns that a small percentage of users were experiencing adverse skin reactions after using the popular VR headset. Dragon Age, uh, a Dragon Age Netflix series is in report, uh, it reportedly in development. And Mortal Kombat 11 is now the best-selling Mortal Kombat game ever. It's sold 12 million copies and has brought the totals sold by the franchise past 73 million units. And that's, that's pretty big. And you know who I know that likes Mortal Kombat more than anyone? More than anyone else I know? That's my friend Connor. And Connor, could you take away our releases this week? I can most definitely do that. Oh, first things first. It's, it's the fir- I think it's the first time we've had it this season. Jacob, can I please, for the love of God, get me a goddamn stadium bell? Because grime... That's it. Grime, like the, what you'd find inside your sink. That's coming to Stadia and PC August 2nd. Finally, well, not finally, coming up next is Lemonscape coming to PS5, Xbox Series X and S, PS4, Xbox One, PC coming August 3rd. The Ramp coming to PC August 3rd. Dungeon Defenders Awakening coming to Switch on August 4th. My time at Porsche, oh my God, that's still a thing. Coming out for iOS and Android August 4th. And finally, the Falconeer coming to PS5, PS4, Switch on August 5th. Well, very interesting. Thanks for that, Connor. Um, not too many releases, but of course, some interesting news that we will discuss more as the show goes on. But for now, it is a radio show, and with radio comes some great tunes. And we've got a really fun one coming up. It is Duck Hunt Medley from Smash Ultimate, and you're listening to Play One on Sin with Eleni, Jacob, Connor, and Nathan. .org.au or every noon on Sunday on the Sunday Sweets uh, show. And before that, you heard Duck Hunt Medley from Smash Bros. Ultimate, uh, part of our little theme we have going on, uh, a song representing every single, um, not every single, but most of the Olympic sports this week. That, of course, was the shooting song we had. So, guys, 
you know, I think I'm going to shoot this little bit of conversation off to someone else. You know who that person is? It's going to be Eleni. Eleni, what have you been playing this week? Well, thank you for that beautiful segue to me, by the way, Jacob. That was just seamless, so I applaud your efforts there. Uh, I've actually been having a lot of fun this week. Um, I've been lucky enough to get a chance to play a game called uh, The Forgotten City, which has just come out um, on Steam. And for anyone who doesn't know or might be thinking, that sounds a bit familiar. Um, It was actually a mod from Skyrim way back in the day um, that was really popular. It won a Writers Guild Award, actually. Uh, And so it was an Australian developer, small team, and what they did was they've spent the past nine-odd years turning it into a fully-fledged game. So I've been having a lot of fun playing through that. It's, you know, sort of like a mini action RPG, surrounds a mystery, and it's a really, really good game. I finished it, had a lot of fun. Um, As per usual RPGs, it's got multiple endings. Uh, So for anyone who wants to check it out on Steam, uh, I definitely recommend, and I also think, you know, have a go at getting the, the ultimate ending because it's really, really awesome. Uh, but it's super fun. I mean, as per usual, Skyrim never really disappears. Obviously, this is a separate game, but, you know, originated from that mod. And so it's just that classic thing in the same way that GTA Five will continually be rebirthed every single console, every single month. Skyrim lives on through this new game and props to the Australian developers. Um, They got a lot of help from the Victorian government as well to get this one made. So it's a really great game. I definitely reckon check it out. Anyone who sort of loves RPGs, a bit of fun, set in ancient Rome as well. So it's got that historical context, which we always love. But yeah, I've just been smashing, smashing through that one. But what about you, Connor? What have you been playing this week? You know what? I've been playing quite a bit. So last week I mentioned that I just got uh, Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne and uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 for the Switch. I've been playing a little bit of both um, with Shin Megami Tensei. I put the merciful difficulty because I am a wimp and love easy modes. Um, And as well, I, in contrast to easy mode... um, I beat Doom Eternal on Ultra Nightmare mode again because I felt like it. I spent a weekend doing it. Um, it was very painful. It was very frustrating and very uh, on the edge of my seat, but I did it. I, uh, I, I beat the game again. That's about the third or fourth time I've beaten Doom Eternal. But as of tonight, after this recording, I'm actually going to go back and uh, play uh, a little-known game back in 2011 called Rage. That was uh, I liked the game, but it was a critical miss. Somehow got a sequel that was worse. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It's been a long time since I played Rage. Well, I actually got to play some something really, really interesting. I picked up, after last week's conversation about uh, casual games, Power Wash Sim. I bit the bullet and picked it up off Steam. If you haven't played it or checked it out at all, I suggest you do. It is a great casual experience. And you can literally sit there and let your worries wash away. But, yeah, no, that's that's what I've been doing. How about you, Nathan? So I've been, I've been mainly playing two games as well as one other one for a brief time. So I've been playing uh, Super Hot, it's called. Um, very cool yeah. shooter game. Very Love cool, like... Super Hot. Yeah, um, I also played some Satisfactory, which is awesome. I've, I I was watching YouTube of it, but then I decided to bite the bullet and buy it. Um, 
And then uh, also I uh, got the um, the Command and Conquer um, remastered collection. So I've I played a bit of the uh, Re- Command and Conquer Red Alert remastered. So yeah, playing as the uh, the um, good guys, I guess the um, the what's the word? The allies there. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that's what I've been playing. So yeah, now that that's over with, we I guess we should go on to our next song. That we should, and we can race right into it. Uh, in fact, it's not just any kind of race. It in fact is a gourmet race. Here is Gourmet Race sixty four from Smash Bros Ultimate, and this song represents the track um, sports from the Olympics here on Player One on Sin. You just heard P.O.B. by Emma Russick and Lachlan Denton, part of the Sweet 16 playlist here on Sin. And now, guys, we've got some some fun chats. Obviously, I'd like to think everyone's aware that the Olympics are on. Very exciting. Nice to see the Aussies doing really well. I don't know if you guys have been watching, but we've been smashing it in the pool and I've been transfixed at the moment on my TV. But of course, you know, with Olympics, with sports, comes great sporting and Olympic video games. So, Connor, what are your thoughts on sporting games? Are you a fan, not a fan? What would you say are the best ones? I I would love to start off by mentioning that the Olympics themselves have video games. It's been very inconsistent. Um, I feel like some years they do it, some years they don't. the Tokyo 2021 Olympic Games does have a video game where you can create your own character model and make it look all wacky. Um, that's the only footage I've seen of it. But the first one that comes to mind is the 2000 Sydney Olympics on the PlayStation 1, which I currently do not own, nor do I have the desires to ever own it, but I just think it's there. Um, in terms of sports games themselves, I'm very hit or miss. Um, on sports games, I have very fond memories of playing. I remember when THQ held the license to doing the UFC games. So having uh, UFC Undisputed 2 and UFC Undisputed 3, both on the PSP and the PS3. I have a ton of fond memories of that, partially because um, they had Pride Fighting Championship fighters represented, which was like a big thing for me because at the time, I was a huge fan of Pride FC. Um, I have been, I've dropped off a little bit, but have slowly been stirring, like stirring my my pot back to the NBA games. Um, I'm a big Toronto Raptors guy all the way, and I love doing, well, not focusing on the story parts of my career and just playing in a Raptors jersey. That's always been like the fun part for me with NBA games. Um, so sports games for me have always been like a love hate. I hate the current crop of EA sports games because all they are are loot box machines. Unless you're playing UFC, which is a bit a bit of a different animal. I think it's a very completely different animal. But something like FIFA or Madden, um, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, they're just there to scam money out of people. And you know, and NBA Two K is definitely not. Uh, not innocent in that regard. If we all recall back in 2019, uh, NBA 2K20's uh, actual actual roulette wheel that they mm. tried to advertise and it backfired tremendously. So 
Nathan, I know you're someone who doesn't like Sportel all that much, and this just adds fuel to the fire. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I'm i not really a fan of most sports games. Um, Like, the only sport game I think I'd ever think of buying, and it's not really technically a sports game, <laughs> is uh, Blood Bowl, uh, which is a... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but otherwise, I think, yeah, like you said, they're a bit money grabby and also like i can't really like it's hard for me to tell what my character is doing and what what i'm supposed to be doing with like all the people on the screen and like uh what what's happening what am i doing (laughs) and like um well i don't know about you guys but like you know when i think of sports games my favorite sport game of all time is we sports like i know oh, we're all thinking about like nba and fifa how could but we like, forget we sports forget? was like we so miss party games yeah so oh my many God. of our childhoods just like classic like i have like i play tennis outside of you know the world um and so yeah like we tennis was my whole childhood you know like the bowling like oh the fights that my family got and i got into over the bowling i even remember um at one point, this is a horrible thing to confess, but, but I'll do it anyways. I oh. got so upset at how much better my brother and dad were at Wii Bowling that I actually erased all of the data on our Nintendo Wii <laughs> console. Because <laughs> <laughs> their uh, personal best was so better that I erased all of the data. I was like, if I'm going down, you're coming down with me. So, like, <laughs> talking about a good sporting game, you know, where there's there are some alternatives to FIFA and NBA, we've got things like Wii Sports. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to also jump and- up and just point out that there was a sport Olympic game that we have not mentioned. That It's baffling me how we haven't mentioned it. Sonic and Mario have done Olympics for pretty much every oh. year since, like, 2008. Uh, it, how did we fair, not mention I- them? I do remember back in 2019 before the before the the world that we live in now turned to bricks and um, the Mario and Sonic and the 2020 Tokyo Olympics game that actually had a demo that I played. Um, yeah, that was actually really good, but I don't think the Mario I think the Mario and Sonic series is kind of dead right now because I don't yeah. think many people actually bought the game. Well, there's a yeah. mixture of that, and of course, they've just been uh, dying over time. But uh, also, also, Mario left. It's just Sonic at the Olympic Games now. Nah. Yeah. Um. Also, I kind of like um hunting games where you're hunting like animals and stuff with yeah, a bit of shooting. Like, yeah, I don't know. Whether uh, obviously that would be more of a simulation. Now, Jacob, what isn't a simulation, and I'm not talking about the world, is our next song because it actually is a simulation. It's from a game. It's the minor circuit theme from Punch Out on Wii. Take a guess at what Olympic sport that's representing. And then after that, we have Queen of Wands by The Witching Hour. You are listening to Player One on Sin with Connor, Jacob, Eleni, and Nathan. The Legend of Zelda a video game franchise that has consistently set the bar that all others follow. Today our team, Jacob Scanlon, Dem McCarthy, Eleni Thomas, and Zach Gonzalez will discuss and decide the best of the best. The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, a game that set the standard for 3D action-adventure games and the Zelda formula, versus The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, a game that broke the standards set by the Zelda formula and took the franchise in a brand new direction, while still 
setting a high bar for the open world genre. Sit down and relax as we debut the first episode of the Gaming Grudge Match. Welcome to the first episode of Player One's Gaming Grudge Match. Now, if you were listening last year, you would have noticed that the Gaming Grudge Match only really went for about five minutes and it was a very small discussion between Connor and Nathan and myself or whoever was on. Um, and we just went, oh, do you like um, Street Fighter more or Tekken more? I like Street Fighter and we left it there. I figured this year we'd mix it up and we'd actually talk about why we prefer different things. Because, you know, a bit of discussion is always fun. And what other discussion can we have on a gaming show than what is the best Legend of Zelda game? Now, the little uh, stint at the start, the little uh, conversation I did would have told people that uh, The Legend of Zelda, a very impressive franchise. But we're starting with two of the best games in the series, depending on who you are. Now, they are Ocarina of Time, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time from 1998 and... Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild from 2017. Now, guys, where do we sit? Does anyone have an, an immediate um, opinion? And of course, I'll just quickly introduce, we have Zach. How are you? Howdy. I am doing quite well today. We have Eleni. Hello, hello. I'm very excited to most likely be the only one defending Ocarina of Time, I anticipate. Ooh. Excuse me, don't, don't say you're short, self short. <laughs> I also will probably voice be there. That. Dem. <laughs> I'm just like contentious comment. Need to butt in right there. You'll know me as the person who can't shut up. <laughs> yeah, that's the Zelda voice on Player One. Um, we love. Anyways, so we're going to jump. So I wanted to talk about. <laughs> fair, no, fair, no, fair. Sorry. no, it is Ocarina of Time versus Breath of the Wild. These two are massive games, uh, and I think let's, let's look at it this way. Before we get into anything else, both games defined uh, a generation of games. Obviously, Breath of the Wilds is kind of still going. It completely changed 3D open world games um, to the point where it was part of the reason Cyberpunk 2077 didn't work, apart from Cyberpunk 2077 being bad. Um, but that's put up against The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, which literally designed, uh, d- defined even all 3D games ever uh, with things like Z targeting and just how it moved and how it worked. So do we have an opinion? Is one better than the other at the moment? Anyone want to jump in with, uh, I don't know, uh, a Legend of the uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is shit. <laughs> baiting, baiting us. He's baiting us, guys. Come on, come on. Come to... on give me... I'm fishing no. here. Give me something. All right, I'll jump in with a Ocarina of Time is not shit. <laughs> I do enjoy it quite a bit, but I also do think it is a tad overrated. Ooh. Ooh, hit me, uh, hit me. So Ocarina of Time, don't get me wrong, it's a great game, but I think people focus on its legacy a little bit more than they do focus on the game itself. They focus on how it defined the genre, which is basically all that you've really said about it so far, Jacob, rather than the actual game, which, while it's not a bad game, definitely had some improving to do, and those improvements are called The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I completely I, disagree with you. I, I think that you're completely glossing over the fact that, like, whilst it was an absolute like definer of the 3D genre, it did things. I, I need to say this because if we don't, then people will be like, "You didn't talk about." Um, but one of the things it did is it defined how 3D works because nobody knew how 3D was going to work until Mario 64 and Ocarina of Time came along. But one of the things that 
Zelda does, which a lot of people don't pick up on, is its subtext. There's actually a video on this on YouTube called A Masterclass of Subtext, and it's this triple narrative of how a, a, a child becomes a man and then becomes a, a man in a child's body and watching his friends and family die and knowing they will die, but then also it's these layers upon layers of story that lots of people don't pick up on because they're so they were so marvelled at the time by the graphics, by the uh, by the sophistication of the entire setup that they were sort of like, oh, there's a story behind this and it's pretty simple, you know, bad guy, good guy. But there are so many layers and so many things like Zelda in that game literally has to hide her true self to stay alive. People forget that. That's why she dresses up as Sheik, because if she wasn't, she would have died. And that was, people thought she was dead. That was the other thing that people forget. This entire world, like you come out of the Temple of Time and and the world you knew is gone. This happy, clappy, uh, bloody marketplace is like, dang, dang, da, 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 dang, is now full of dead people. It's burnt to a crisp. It, 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 it's cooked. There's just no way to get around it. And I think that people often forget the story is so deep. And one of the things... You just heard Sudden Wait by First Beige featuring Alicia Doy from the Sweet 16 playlist. And before that was Luigi's Mansion Court Exhibition from Mario Power Tennis. And of course, Olympic theme. That was our tennis song for the night. And we have reached the first first hour of our show, top of the hour. And of course, as per usual, this is when we let you know where you can find us, where you can find out where our awesome, cool content will be posted. Because if you had to add player one sin on Twitter and Instagram, you can see all of our updates on our radio shows. If we've got any cool interviews coming up, it'll all be there for you to check out. And of course, we're starting to make some awesome new YouTube content. So if you've got a player one on YouTube, you can check us out there. Some cool content already up and lots on the way. And of course, the podcast realm, player one on Omni, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify all those good podcast stuff, of course, interviews as well, and sin.org.au, where Player One Sin will be on, rest of the Sin shows, of course, check us out. We've got a great second hour of the show. I will be doing my special quiz, so I'll be taking it to the boys, see who ends up on top. We've got some fun Netflix announcements, some cool new video game shows will be getting released. But before that, we're going to head into our next song for the night. It is Superman by Goldfinger from Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1, and you're listening to Player 1 on Sin with Eleni, Jacob, Connor, by Team Jesus and the Gene Teasers, part of the Sweet 16 playlist. You are here with Eleni, Jacob, Connor, and Nathan on Player 1 on Sin. And as I mentioned just before, I have a very special quiz I will be leading today. For anyone who's been listening the last couple of weeks, we've been doing a weekly quiz where one of us shoots out some questions and the other's you know, they buzz in and see if see who the, the winner is. And, of course, the winner gets to do the quiz the next week. So just some rules, of course. I'll read the questions. If any of the guys know the answer, they'll buzz in with their name. Whoever I hear first will get their go at guessing. If they get it wrong, it goes to the rest of the guys. So, fellas, are we ready to go for this week's quiz? As ready yep. as I'll ever be. I feel like I'm going to carry the victory from last week and just really smash this home. Okay, well, there is a theme to this this week's quiz. I'll see if you guys will get it. I'm sure by the end of it you will. But first question is, in Telltale's The Walking Dead, you play through the first game as Lee, who then takes over the mantle as the protagonist for the rest of the games. Jacob. Hear me. Uh, for the rest of the games, you play as Clementine. 
Ding, ding, ding. Well done. Oof, he's walking the walk. All right, here we go. Come on, guys. Boy, already. I, I already know I already know I've lost this one. As soon as I, I heard walking it's not dead, I'm screwed. I only really know one of them. Yeah, no, I no, no. Well, 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 we're going to take a zombie shift. games. No, oh, we're going to take a worse. shift from Telltale. Um, because in the Mass Effect trilogy, you can play as both a male and female version of the protagonist, Commander Shepard. What is female Commander Shepard commonly referred to as? Connor. Yes, Connor, go ahead. Femshed. Ding, ding, ding. Very good, very Come good. On, I did, though. Yay. Ooh, I have no I'm idea what it is. Wa- I'm, I'm one point more than I was last week. I'm, I'm Make it a win. Well, mm. it's one apiece to Jacob and Connor. Nathan, let's see if you can get this one, because this is a who am I question. Okay. Who am I? I am a gaming protagonist who has been in games since the late 1990s, and since then have had novels, comics, and even had three films made about my adventures. Connor. Connor, yes. I have a feeling. I'm going to say, is it the Tomb Raider series? Correct. So who is the protagonist of Tomb Raider, though? Uh, Lara Croft. Ding, ding, ding. Very nice. Uh, my, My mind was going to Leon Kennedy. (laughs) <laughs> well, what got what got me was early '90s, and the only series, like very few game series, have three movies. Mm. So the the only thought I had was Tomb Raider at that point. Um, I it. think I figured out what the um what the uh, like theme of this epi- this quiz is. What do you think yeah? it is, Nathan? Is it female like leads in games? It absolutely is. I'm oh, doing the quiz, so it's oh, can we be- can we give. Can Nathan get a point for that? Yeah, I reckon he gets a point. <laughs> I, I had no Nathan idea what it was. That was a really good call. Nathan, getting on the board. Well done, Nathan. Well, now you guys know, of course, you know, the lady on the show. I've got to bring the female representation. So very Hell good, yeah. Nathan. Definitely get a point for that one. And on that note, we're going to head into our, our next question. And following on from the previous Tomb Raider question, uh, what year did the first Tomb Raider game get released? Uh, Connor. Hit me. Uh, ooh. so I know that it released firstly on the Sega Saturn before the initial PlayStation release. Um, I believe that was in 1996. Ding, ding, ding. Oof, Connor's on fire. It, it's PlayStation knowledge. It's his wheelhouse. <laughs> well, I hate to say it, Jacob, but we're going to move on to another PlayStation title. Oh, no. Oh, boy. <laughs> in, in The Last of Us Part 2... How does protagonist Ellie hide the infected bite she has on her arm? Jacob. Yep, go ahead. As a tattoo. Ding, ding, ding. Very good. Yeah. I actually did not know that one. I haven't played The Last of Us Part 2. So. Neither have I. Yeah, bang nice. on with that, Jacob. Streams. Well done. Well, <laughs> so come on, Nathan. I, I didn't, come on, Nathan. I didn't take note of that. You, you can bring it home. But <laughs> next one. What is the name of the first female assassin to be playable in a main title Assassin's Creed game? Oh, oh Nathan, you would probably know this one. Oh, no, I don't. I, I oh, remember, you're I, the I Assassin's remember, Creed guy. Yeah, I know. I, I didn't really play um, that one. I'm oh, gonna, no, Nathan, oh. Nathan, I know. Oh, yeah, okay. was, it, was it Evie Fry? Ding, ding, ding. It was Evie Fry. She was the first Man. playable character in a main title Assassin's Creed game. Yeah, but the first one playable in a non-main title was the one from that other spin-off one. I can't remember what the name. Ugh. Correct. But yes, Evie Fry was the first one in a main title game. 
and moving on, so we're moving away from PlayStation now. So Jacob, this could be this could be yours. Uh, yeah. But what type of weapon does Bayonetta usually wield in the Jacob. Bayonetta games? Connor, Sorry, Jacob, you got this one, Jacob. Uh, so she's usually wielding uh, two guns and two on her feet. Ding, ding, ding! All yeah, over that one. I was one. just about to say that. Ah, Ooh. I know this one. I knew that one. This is a close one. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, points wise, it's Connor with three, myself with three, and Nathan with two. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Neck and neck. We're You're doing very tight. well. Um, how many questions do we have left? We have we have three more questions left. There oh, is one okay. of them. One of them does have a bonus a bonus point, oh. so that could be someone's chance to take home we the goal. Three way tie this. <laughs> literally, <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. Well, it's better than last week where there was no real competition. Oh yeah, true, but true. Moving on to the next one. So in Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, One of crap, the main right? things Aloy can do is tame machines. Now, how does she tame the machines in the game? Jacob. Yes, Jacob. This is based on almost no knowledge of the game and watching someone play the first hour. Does it have anything to do with the chip in her, like, side of her head? Is it like a mind thing? I don't know if I can give you that one, Jacob, unless someone uh, else has one, but... Connor? Yes, hit me, Connor. <sighs> See, I don't know this either. Um, I don't know if it's anything with mind control or, but I'm going to say she screws up their wiring. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Oh, that's a bit of a, I don't know. That's a half, that's a half correct answer. Nathan, have you got anything? If you don't, I'll give it to Uh, Connor. But I I have no idea. I have no idea. I think I've figured it out that. Uh, what have you, guess, what have you got, Jacob? Last guess. So I'm going to assume, <laughs> given both me and Connor being almost there, uh, I'm guessing she scrambles their system or wiring or um, their AI. I, I feel like you've just repeated this, like a bit of true. Bit Look, of you know what? Answers. I'm not going to give it to either of you, actually, because if you were, to, <laughs> if you knew, you would know that she just overrides the yeah, machines. That's, that's all it yeah, is. Right, there simple, we go. Simple yeah, override. You, you guys were yeah. going for like the technological, like, it's just a <laughs> okay. override. Fair enough. Fair but enough. Yeah, so I'm... No, no points that time, but yep. okay, another one. The original Metroid game came out in 1986 and features a big reveal at the end of the game. Now, guys, Connor. what was this reveal? Nathan. Connor? Connor. Okay, go. Um, that the main protagonist, Samus, was female. Ding, ding, ding. Very nice. 35 Oof. years old this week, that game is. Correct. Yeah. So I believe that means Connor's on four, Jacob's on three, Nathan is on two going into this last question. Is that correct? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think okay, so. Jacob, you have an opportunity here. Two points up for grabs. So many say that the voice acting of Femshep in Mass Effect is superior to that of a male counterpart. Now, my question is, what is the name of Femshep's voice actress? And bonus point, if you can also give me the name of the male voice actor. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't uh, know this. I don't um, know this at all. I'm going to throw a name in there, Jacob. Go ahead. I know she does heaps of voice acting for games. Um, is it Christina V? It is not Christina V, unfortunately. Okay, Connor. Um, I have zero clue who fem- Femship could be. Um, shoot. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to... 
It's yeah. going to be a name we recognize, and it's going to be really annoying. I know. Uh, I have a Nathan. All right, Nathan, go ahead. Nathan, I'll uh, let you take this on. Uh, Jennifer Hale. <gasps> ding, ding, ding. He's correct. It is Jennifer Hale. Very and, the, and the male voice is Mark Mia. Correct. Megan, I hope you didn't Google that just then. <laughs> Hold on, yeah. Are we going to have to have an investigation? <laughs> yeah, going to be honest, I'm a bit sus of this one. Given, that, that sounds given... a bit sus. Nathan, did you In Google all fairness, that? me or Connor weren't anywhere near it, but. Yeah, Nathan, um, I, 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 I feel like your answer was very suspect at best. <laughs> yeah, I, I may have uh, Googled it. Oh, uh, <laughs> a disqualification. That's a, that's a DQ. DQ. You're out. <laughs> that is a DQ, a very, nice a very badly disguised <laughs> cheating attempt that we had no idea and then all of a sudden yeah, came heel. up with both names. Man, what are you trying to chat? God, but- you're trying to do Jesse Ventura. <laughs> Win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. <laughs> but given that DQ, that means, Connor, you are the winner and you will be getting to do next week's quiz. Um, well, good All job, right. guys. That was very good. Um, and, yes, of course, the theme was, as Nathan got, female protagonists. So hope you enjoyed the ride that was that quiz. I, I redeemed myself. I redeemed myself. So I'm happy. Very much so. And you know what? Look, I'm a little annoyed that I got so close in the end. And, you know, I think I'm going to need to take a minute. I know the right song to play to calm myself down and really relax. And it's the shooting gallery from The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. And this song is representing archery from the Olympic Games. Here on Player One on Sin with Jacob, Eleni, uh, Connor, and Nathan. (laughs) That was Loving the Body by Mug from Sin's Sweet 16 playlist. You're listening to Player One on Sin with me, Nathan, as well as Jacob, Connor, and Eleni. Uh, right now, we're talking about the fact that a live-action Pokemon series is in development at Netflix. We talked about this earlier in the news, and, uh, and I think we want to talk about it a bit more. Um, what do we want to see from the show? Um I'm going to start with, I, I don't want it to be terrible. I, I think that's a given. Well, I mean, on the bright side, if it's coming from Netflix, that means we'll at least get two seasons and then it will be cancelled because all Netflix shows get that. Uh, but a more serious answer, I guess, is it's live action. So the biggest thing I'm worried about is the quality of how these live action Pokemon actually look because, like, okay, Detective Pikachu was a decent movie, pretty good for what it was. And for most of the CGI for the Pokemon, it looked pretty good. However, there were quite a few where the budget very obviously didn't go into them and they needed a bit more time in the oven because they just looked very jank and very off-putting. And Netflix, I'm worried, won't give this show the budget it needs. And the Pokemon company might try, but I don't trust the Pokemon company because it's the Pokemon company and they don't like pleasing fans. Well, yeah. yeah I, I, well, go ahead, Nathan. Oh, I also don't trust Netflix because I've seen, like, so many, like, bad Netflix anime adaptations. And it's just, like, if if you see Netflix make an anime adaptation, like, you pretty much know it's probably going to be bad. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and I guess just to sort of echo what you were saying, Jacob, um... I guess, yeah, the, my biggest concern is definitely the 
um, the visuals. Because, yeah, like you said, Detective Pikachu was great. The visuals were great for the most part, but there were some moments where definitely wasn't as polished as what it needs to be. And that was a big budget film. And there's definitely the potential. You look at some shows now on Netflix, something like The Witcher that's got a huge, outrageous budget. But I guess the worry with something like a television adaptation of Pokemon that's live action is that it could really mean just a dialing back of of the visuals, which, you know, obviously isn't ideal, particularly when, you know, things like Pokemon have such clear visions of what they're supposed to look like. And, you know, the fan base is so large that you would really hate to come out and be a bit of a disappointment because obviously it would sort of set the tone for any future live action adaptations. But exciting it's really good netflix are really making a push to see sort of video game content coming their way we spoke about previously they're moving into the gaming realm as well and now making more tv shows so it'll be interesting to see what this show ends up being but definitely exciting times for sure definitely definitely and i will will say as much as we're worried about like um the visuals i think writing wise and producing wise we're in good hands uh for those who don't know it's being written and produced by co-showrunner of Lucifer, the, the half of the team that made Lucifer, or half of the man who wrote Lucifer, um, is writing this show. And I'm not the biggest Lucifer fan. It just doesn't tick boxes that I want. But from what I know of it and what, from, from what I hear about it, it is very, very good for what it is. And people seem to love it. So fingers crossed they can bring that across. And I'll be very interested to see as well, because those who know anything about Lucifer know that it's a um, bit more adult-orientated, and Pokemon <laughs> simply isn't. So this will be a bit of a backflip on the content that they're used to making. So, hmm, fingers crossed, and also fingers crossed it's not too childlike, because um, in, in the YouTube content, we mentioned, me and Nathan, that I'm worried this will be a bit too Dora the Explorer. Um kind of pokemon content i really don't want pikachu teaching me to count to four i would rather have this actual storyline weaved in and there just happened to be pokemon there so that's where i sit lenny tom uh nathan even how about you guys on that last point yeah hopefully it isn't too childish uh, well yeah like you said the having you know the show be co-run by um the creators of lucifer my immediate thought which is a horrible thing is i just was thinking of like really explicit sexual content and like sexual (laughs) undertones and i was just like no like immediately i just had to shut that thought down because i was like like i just went to like pikachu like having like babies or like a whole like storyline where like pikachu's like hitting on charizard or something like that oh oh, yeah or um (laughs) Or uh, or how how some people view um uh what's that Pokemon you know the uh, Mr. Mine? No, not Mr. Mine. Oh. The one uh, oh, how no. some people uh Gardevoir. Gardevoir. Oh god, I know what you're on about here, and with that, I'm definitely going to shut this conversation down, and we're going to move about on. You know what? You know what? You can Snorlax to this next theme because it's lovely and relaxing. Here is the surfing theme from Pokemon Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald. Uh, Of course, this is representing surfing from the Olympics here on Player One. I hope I pronounced that right, by Alice Skye from our Sweet 16. Uh, You can check that out every week at sin.org.au. But before we get into our next uh, bit, I just want to warn that we will be touching on some pretty heavy topics that may be uh, trigger-inducing. And 
if you're not in the right headspace or don't believe you're in the right headspace, I very much suggest that you turn off and go do something else for five, six minutes until this conversation is done. If you're sticking around and you know anyone who may need help or you, you, you yourself feel like you may also need that help, please feel free to check out Lifeline at 13 11 14, Beyond Blue, 1300 222, uh, sorry, 224 636, Headspace at 1800 650 890, or the Kids Helpline at 1800 55 1800. And Connor, uh, could you take away this segment for me? Yeah, yeah. So I believe it was earlier this week, a lawsuit was put out by the state of California against Activision Blizzard, who, which the report details um, mental uh, and sexual abuse, which ranges from extremely bad to extremely disturbing. Um, this is a lot of what's been uh, written here is accounts from uh, Activision Blizzard staff members, both current and former Um a lot of these actions go from frat boy kind of behavior, which frankly is stupid today. Don't understand why we live in a culture or live in a world where that still exists. Um, to what I found incredibly disturbing and was very uncomfortable with um, the fact that a lewd image of an employee was passed around on a business uh, trip which led to the suicide of an employee at Activision Blizzard. Um, this is frankly, it's a disturbing read. Um, if you are easily triggered by that, I would not recommend it at all. Um, but that's just some of what has happened here. Um, obviously, this has made widespread um, noise around the gaming community um at first activision blizzard veniently denied it um just absolutely said nope this did not happen um and dismissing the report but more noise has come up to the point where where uh, former ceo has spoken out um jay allen brack who is the current head of blizzard also left out a message and his response amongst with the former CEO has led to employees and um, people who are playing Blizzard games currently to do in-game, both in-game protests and has also led, current, most recently has led to a walkout um, from Activision Blizzard employees. And fairly recently, it's gotten to the point where the Activision, the, the devil himself, Bobby Kotick, has put out a message as well, one of the very rare times that he speaks. So um, it's gotten to that proportion, but every time Activision Blizzard speaks and sends out a message themselves, um, clearly no action has truly been taken to improve the work culture and to remove the perpetrators of this. So... Um, Jacob, when you can uh, put in a nice old bleep for me, but fuck Activision Blizzard. Seriously, this isn't the first time this has happened from a, from a major company last year. Ubisoft was heavily under attack for almost 
the exact same behavior and letting, for a lack of a better term, sexual predators get away with abusive acts towards employees, specifically female employees. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everything you said, Connor, is, you know, completely um, true. And I think what made this whole situation um, even more upsetting for me personally was just seeing how they immediately denied these allegations. I think, you know, um, obviously we live in a world where, you know, there's a lot of shifts going on in the mo- at the moment in terms of making sure workplaces are as safe as possible for men, women, anyone who identifies as anything other than that. Uh, but the thing that really just sort of upsets me is how they just came out immediately and said no. Like, for example, Activision Blizzard Chief Compliance Officer Francis Townsend had originally called the lawsuit meritless um, in a sort of strongly worded um, rebuke he sent to Activision staff. But the, the I guess the fallout of this is that we've really seen a lot of the staff come together and really stand up against sort of these heinous actions. Um there's a, a strongly worded letter, a petition that's been signed by at this current point of time that we're recording. Um, there's lots of reports. There isn't a clear number, but over 2,000 staff members have signed this, which is a fantastic thing to see all these people coming together and really saying no to this sort of behaviour. And I guess, you know, even more so than just the behaviour, you know, having people in power supporting this behaviour. I think that's always the most troubling thing is, when these actions are occurring, that there are those people who can make that change saying, I don't see the problem. So, you um, know, I wish, I wish all of the staff well, um, everyone who's gone through these horrible things, um, I wish them well as well. And I guess to, to go on from what Connor said, yeah, everyone at Activision who's covering this up, just, yeah, I don't know what you're doing. We need to get rid of you. And everyone who's had a really troubled experience there, our hearts go out to you and hopefully we keep saying this, but hopefully this means that the change can happen and that people realize that this kind of behavior isn't acceptable and that the people who are, I guess, supporting this behavior aren't really doing anything to stop it are held accountable. Cause I think that's the most important thing. Well, Eleni, um, let's, let's try and move away from all some negative talk here first. And finally, uh, screw Activision Blizzard, but Something that's much better than Activision Blizzard could ever be um, is Long Long Ranch from the Zelda, uh, from the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Um, this is representing the equestrian sport. Um, you are listening to Player One on Sin with Connor, Oleni, Jacob, and Nathan. Welcome back to Player One on Sin. Uh, and you just heard an amazing song that was, I am going to apologize ahead of time because I'm probably going to butcher this pronunciation. Uh, Senangdung Akia Zaman by Jalung, part of our Sweet 16. Uh, check that out every week at sin.org.au or every noon on Sunday on the Sunday Sweets show. Now, guys, obviously the Olympics happened, but something happened that blew my mind. Video game soundtracks were played during the opening ceremony. And there are some pretty deep cuts in this list. Like a lot of them are RPGs, uh, famous RPGs for that matter. Uh, There's even Sonic in there and, Uh, I'm going to read off some of these names that stand out to me as impressive or just like why. So firstly, we have the Overture from Dragon Quest. We have the Victory Fanfare from Final (laughs) Fantasy. I I don't know where they played that, but oh, that would have been fun to notice. Um, They've got two songs from Kingdom Hearts and Don't Worry, Simple and Clean was not there. Um, Ah. uh, We have 
Frog's theme from Chrono Trigger, as well as Robo's theme. So if you're a Chrono Trigger fan, they're both amazing tunes. Uh, we have a couple tunes from Monster Hunter. We had uh, Starlight Zone from Sonic the Hedgehog 1, uh, which I believe um, there was a Middle Eastern country that walked out to that tune, which was very, very strange. Uh, we had Fantasy Star Universe. We had Gradius Near, Soul Calibur. Uh, and we also had Pro Evolution Soccer as well. Like... <laughs> Yeah, sorry. That one, but <laughs> as as I don't know, as as a gamer, going into the opening ceremony uh, for this year was very exciting because it's like um, I was kind of thinking there might actually be stuff geared towards uh, my demographic of people who kind of like sport but also very much like games, and this was a lovely, lovely surprise. And I want to know, guys. If they were to play more OSTs, more game contracts <laughs> in the Olympics in future years, in other big events, in other big sporting events, what would we want to hear? And do we like this idea of having these uh, OSTs and soundtracks kind of blended into real life events more often? It's so dumb, but I love it. Like, God yeah. damn it. I'm disappointed that there was no one winged angel for like a major so country. Yeah, which like country walks out to um, when one wing angel? Which country is Sephiroth? Russia. Yeah. <laughs> They're not there. Uh, uh, I, I think but, it's. I think it. I think it's really cool. I think it's very fun. Just, but I only really think it worked because it was Japan, and Japan is like really well known for video games. So, I'm not sure if like any other country would really try to do that at the olympics or any other event i i'd love to see it but i'm I not mean, sure if hey hey as, as an aussie fan if you could get the tie the tasmanian uh, tiger soundtrack for an australian event if i walked up to the footy and they played the opening theme from that i would actually <laughs> die in my seat that would be amazing <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i would love if for australia if they came out to the song one of the songs from untitled goose game and then just have <laughs> all of australia come out as geese I would have hoped that they would have come out completely themed. So whoever came out to Sonic the Hedgehog came up as Sonic the Hedgehog, like every single one of the athletes. Um, uh, I would have loved to have seen some Waluigi out there, but alas, no, that will never happen. I, th- I think that's the fun of this year's Olympics, though. Um, Japan has really, really embraced its culture, like its newer modern culture that it's known for within our circle necessarily. Like, as I said, there's games in it. However, like even even their volleyball team, for those who don't know, there is a pretty famous anime now called Haikyuu, which is just volleyball. Very good. <laughs> and they've kind of adapted that as their entire image for volleyball to the point where the Japanese team has both main characters named in their list and is constantly <laughs> playing openings and things from the show in between uh, sets, which I think uh, is adorable because not everyone will get it, but those who do love it. Well, even uh, yeah. um, I don't know if you guys saw this as well. Um, the the woman who won gold in one of the shooting events, a Russian athlete, um, was actually wearing a Witcher emblem. She was wearing like the um the necklace that like the witches wear. So like, obviously, it's a sort of thing where you can get away with having a bit of fun at the Olympics. Um, uh, and yeah, like like Nathan said, it definitely works for Japan because obviously, you know, you look at. Japan and their culture and everyone sort of thinks of Nintendo there's sort of that symbiotic relationship between their culture and the gaming world 
but I love it. And yeah, it's funny because yeah, like as I said off air, when um I was watching the opening ceremony, my sister and I were commenting on how all the music was literally something out of a Nintendo game. So to have this list really just like consolidates that well, I was onto something. So I appreciated this. It was a boost to my ego to see all of these just amazing OST features just appearing during the Olympics. Mm. One thing yeah. I, I must add is, did anyone check out the relay race between Pikachu and Eevee? And if you have, you got to see the last Pikachu that was tagged in because that one was zooming. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm still uh, waiting for the uh, Pikachu Eevee relay race uh, final because that looks really good. Um, but let me tell you what's not happening when it comes to a Pikachu and Eevee race. It's not going to be rated R like our next song. It is Metalingus by Alter Bridge. Now, if you're very familiar with this song, you're going to know that it is the theme song for wrestling legend Adam Copeland, also known as Edge. It is a freaking kick-ass song. You're going to love it. You are listening to Player One on Sin with Connor, Jacob, Eleni, and Nathan. You just heard Bunny is a Writer by Caroline Polacek, part of our Sweet 16. You can check that out every single week at sin.org.au or you can check out Sunday Sweets show on Sunday at noon. And before that, you heard Metalingus by Alter Bridge, the WWE remix, and that was representing the wrestling uh, sport from um, the Olympic Games. And I know WWE and the wrestling there aren't the same. It's Greco versus um, more modern style, but it's wrestling. Uh, but anyway, top of the hour. It is, if I've got my time right, should be 10 o'clock. Uh, and that doesn't Guys. mean we're gone. It, it means we continue. And I can hear, I can see Connor, he's kind of like taking it's it in. It's past my bedtime, man. It's past my bedtime. You know, when you're, when you're working all day, you know, Gotta, I mean, you know, I feel I gotta get, catch up on my Z's. I feel you. Well, let's try and power through this last hour, and we're going to tell you where you can find us. Those places are on Player One Sin on Twitter and Instagram, Player One on YouTube, and Player One on Omni, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And we have a bunch of really exciting stuff coming up in this final hour. Well, I'm going to debut a brand new weekly series that I'm doing uh, and a bit of uh, going to hype up Dem a little bit. The idea came from her. So next time you see her, say thank you. Um, following that, we're going to chat about Dead Space. That feels different. Uh, and after that, Nathan, you're going to give us an, uh, a lockdown suggestion uh, to play during any form of restrictions. We know lockdown just ended, but any form of restrictions, there is a game to play. Following this, though, we're going to go into our next song, and that is Fly High by Burnout Syndrome. Oh, that's opening four from the anime Haikyuu, and that's uh, representing volleyball uh, from the Olympics uh, this year. And following that is Party Again by Tops, another song from our Sweet 16 here on Player One. Hi, my name is Jacob. You may know me as Player One's executive producer, or you may know me as that one guy who knows Pokemon a little bit too well. I recently decided I was going to test that knowledge and really throw myself in the deep end and do a Nuzlocke and keep people up to date on how I do and the story behind it. Now, I'm sure you guys are wondering, what is a Nuzlocke? Simple. It's Pokemon, but hard. A couple simple rules completely change how you approach and play the game. What are those rules? Well, rule number one. 
If a Pokemon faints, it is considered dead and must be released. That thing is buried, gone, goodbye, my friend. Number two, all Pokemon must be nicknamed. This makes you more attached to each Pokemon you catch. Just think about it. Losing Geodude the Geodude doesn't hurt as much as losing Craig the Geodude. Rule number three, you can only catch the first Pokemon on each route. So if you find some magical, rare, special, golden ticket Pokemon, but before that you found some boring pink cat, well, too bad. Number four, if you lose, it means you lose. It means that you suck. It means that you were a loser, and it means that people will laugh at you. And rule number five, just because I decided to make it harder on myself, I'm not going to be using any items in battle, just like they do in the Pokemon anime, because I wanted to be stupid. Well, without further ado, here is my adventure. Our story starts as any good story does, in the back of a moving truck being smuggled across the border. When BAM, the back of the truck opens up, and your mother's standing there pretending that you didn't just climb out the back of a truck. You go fix your clock, head next door, steal Brandon's Pokemon, or at least try and get caught, before heading north and finding an old man being attacked by a raccoon. Now, I just want to run through this situation, right? There was an old man who had three Pokemon on him. He dropped those Pokemon running away from the raccoon, and he's asking a ten-year-old he's never met before to save him. Now, me being a great ten-year-old and wanting a Pokemon, I jump in and pick a Pokemon. Now, I tossed up here whether or not I choose Mudkip or Torchic. Mudkip is one of my favorite Pokemon of all time, and Torchic is a fire type. Now, fire types are very rare within Pokemon, especially in the main games. Now, I decided, you know what, I'm gonna bite the bullet and we're gonna choose Torchic. With my newfound chicken friend, we beat a raccoon and saved the old man. When we got back, he muttered on about something I, I honestly wasn't listening, and when he asked me what I want to name my new fire chicken, I got a little confused and thought he was asking me what kind of chicken I want, and I said Zingabox. I walked out of that lab very confused as I held a chicken that was now called Zingabox. We headed north to beat his son into submission. We beat the Mudkip pretty easily, may I add, and headed back down south to be given a Pokedex. Once we got that, we started to head north again. Our mother taught us how to run, and we ran straight into the grass to encounter our first encounter. That's right, this is the very exciting moment. We get to find out what our second Pokemon is, what we build our team around. Do we find some amazing, legendary Pokemon, something rare, a shiny, maybe something that's gonna make me think, whoa, this is gonna be easy. No, I found a level two Poochiana, and I caught it with no issues, and caught it Bjork, because I had no idea what to call it, and I feel like calling it Bork or Bark felt a little bit too on the nose. We kept moving north, we headed up again, back to where Brandon was, where I caught a Zigzagoon. I know, how exciting. And my brain not being able to think of a name for these very simple Pokemon chose the name Rackzoom because it's fast, I think? Anyway, we came back down, headed to the left, past a man who was confused at his own footsteps. We headed into the grass, and this is where I actually got a little bit lucky and happened to be very confident about our adventure. I found a Ralts in the grass. Male Ralts, I had to call it Jafar because everyone loves Jafar. He's our evil wizard friend. 
continuing on, we beat a couple trainers, knocked out a couple children, made a couple children cry. Bit of fun, everyone loves doing a bit of that. We then met up with our father and some dork named Wally. Wally caught a Pokemon, happened to be a Relts as well. I, ha I can't help but feel he's copying me. That's fine, something tells me Wally will never cause us any trouble. We kept moving forward, and here I found a beach. At this beach, I decided to sit down, relax, dip my toes for a little bit, and have some fish and chips. And, like any situation when you have fish and chips, you'll find a seagull. I caught it. We now have Chippy the Wingull on our team. I got bored of the beach, headed north into a forest. In that forest, I found a shroomish. We now have Fun Guy the Fun Guy on the team. We trekked through the forest, Jafar eventually learning confusion and actually being a wizard now. We also bumped into a man being robbed by a pirate. I used my knowledge from Sea of Thieves, knocked out his dog, and kept walking. We continued into the big city. We're now in Petalburg. And what do we do in Petalburg? You no, know we're going to do a little training just north. We just did a little bit. We didn't end up catching anything, unfortunately, because... My silly, silly brain didn't even realise that I'd knocked out the skitty that we had found. What a shame. We'd knocked out a couple trainers, trained up, headed south, back into the city and straight into the gym. And I'll be completely honest, I wasn't confident going into this gym. We were very much underleveled and we had a lot of weaknesses. However, there was a hero. An unexpected hero. Our seagull, our wingull, Chippy, managed to knock out every single gym trainer. Every geodude in the way. We healed up, we walked back in, and we stared Roxanne, the first gym leader, dead in the eyes. She sent out a geodude, I sent out Chippy. Chippy spat some water at both geodudes and knocked them out. But then it was time for the real test. And this is where it gets scary, alright? She sent out the nose pass. Now, nose pass is pretty difficult for where you find it, especially if you're not ready. We weren't. However, Chippy was not going to go down without a fight. It dodged every single rock tomb, managing to confuse the nose pass, dodging every single strike, and managing to hit it over and over and over, and despite the fact that Roxanne used two potions on that thing, Wingull, Chippy, he remained untouched. He completely wiped out Roxanne on his own and proved that he will be a fixture in our team for at least until I get bored of him. But that was our first gym battle. That won us our first gym badge. And you know what? Pretty happy with it. We did well. Our team was now ready to continue our adventure and really dive into the depths of what Pokemon Emerald has to give us. Next week, me and my ragtag crew, Chippy, Zingabox, Jafar, and a bunch of others will find our way to our second gym badge. Either that or die trying. Until then, enjoy this next song. That was Watching Cartoons by La Luz, featuring Adrian Young, or is it Young? <laughs> I don't know. Um, that's from Sin Sweet 16. Um, before that, you heard Bike Chase from Chrono Trigger, which is part of our kind of uh, um, Olympic kind of theme. Uh, it was part of the BMX event, I guess, from the, the Olympics. <laughs> um, right now, we're talking a bit about Dead Space and how that's getting a remake. Uh, I don't know anything about it, and I don't think many of us do, but Connor has something to say about it. That's where you're wrong, Nathan. I know a lot about Dead Space. Absolutely, I do. Um, okay, I do. Like, I've played a little bit of Dead Space 2, but what? When I heard that this was going to be getting a remake, firstly, okay, like, that's cool. Okay. Like, for a new generation to experience for what is a fantastic horror series up until Dead Space 3, that's cool. I, I appreciate that. But um, what I 
don't appreciate is the fact that god it's yeah 2021 nearly three years ago they killed ea killed visceral games the creators of dead space this is what this is what's ticking me off so whether they get so i don't know how like how the development team will be split up if they do get people who previously worked on the series if they do end up doing that that would be ideal but it still doesn't excuse the fact that ea killed the series because it wasn't making them enough money and they killed visceral games who were working previously on a star wars project um so dead space one was a huge success and really was actually a kind of a kickstart for the horror genre but for dead space 2 and 3 though dead space 2 did have some horror aspects to it there was a lot more action involved and then it led to dead space 3 becoming a lot more streamlined and action based, and it was kind of Resident the f- Evil. Yeah, oh, or maybe Resident Evil definitely had its down points when it comes to that. But I'd say more so than Dead Space, to be honest with you. But mm. what's what Dead Space Three was very significant about? It was one of the very first true examples of putting microtransactions in games it was the first very notable one where to buy crafting parts you had to spend real world money um which a was a really crappy move at the time and b is also a really crappy move now so jacob uh listen uh you're listen i'm, I'm giving you full full responsibility of this you're allowed me to say but fuck EA. um listen the fact that they killed off the studio who created Dead Space only f- in less than five years later um, create a Dead Space remake, which we can't have visceral games themselves make, is kind of dog duty. Mm. So, I listen, Dead Space, great, it's getting a new life, but screw EA for killing off a studio for what feels like no reason now. Mm. It's like uh, rubbing salt in the wound, don't you think? In that sense. Oh my it, god! It, it, it sounds like um, a completely different tangent. Like uh, Stephen H- H- uh, Himmelberg or Hillenberg, even um, the man who created SpongeBob. Once he died, uh, they Nickelodeon went against every wish he ever made and every rule he ever made for the SpongeBob franchise and made uh, side things and all that. It feels very much like that. Like now that Visceral Games is out of the way. They're just going to do it again, but make more money. And I actually feel like they're going to make more money now because horror games are in a weird resurgence uh, in the we're last in couple golden, of years anyway. I believe we're in the golden age of horror games. Ooh, I, don't I know truly about, believe it. I don't know about a golden age. I reckon we're in a renaissance of horror games because our golden age, I reckon, was the uh, uh, early 90s, early 2000s with things like Resident Evil, Silent Hill, okay. uh, and yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe, but yeah, I will say, like, as someone who's never played Dead Space, and I only know one sequence that's apparently in one of the games, uh, there is apparently a sequence where they build up tension very, very high, right? And for about an hour or so, nothing happens. But the game makes you terrified of every corner everything you do and it kind of just like takes the piss out of you it kind of makes fun of how much it can scare you so if you're looking for a good horror game it sounds like something that you should definitely dive into and i'm very excited to maybe check that out if it comes to switch 
But if you're law, but if you're more like me and really is a, just a cynical person in this world with no joys left, uh, screw EA. You killed off a studio that made these games masterpieces. But listen, if there is still one shred of joy I have left, it's Trampoline by Jaws Remix by Shade from the NBA 2K21 Next Gen trailer. Take a guess at what sport that's from if you like to shoot some hoops. Uh, you are listening to Player One on Sin with Connor, Jacob, Eleni, and Nathan. You just heard Amoeba by Claro, part of the Sweet 16 playlist here at Sin. And of course, you are listening to Player One. I'm Eleni, joined by Jacob, Connor, and Nathan. And now, you know, we have just come out of lockdown here in Victoria, but other parts of Australia are still in lockdown. Who knows? We'll probably end up back in lockdown at some point. But of course, you know, Ugh. during lockdown, lots of free time. It's a great time to play games. And so we've been going through talking about some great games to play in lockdown. And I know Nathan's got some great suggestions. So, Nathan, what's your lockdown game? Um, so it's actually a game I got recently. I talked about it briefly in the um, playlist. Um, Satisfactory is an amazing game. So it's like a survival um, kind of uh, factory building game. So you land on this planet and there's like literally nothing on the planet. Like there's like some stuff you can forage and like there's nuts and stuff and there's aliens and you, um, and there's ore and you, you know, you get the ore, you, (laughs) you, you smelt the ore, you, you know, you make it into machines and then you automate and then you automate more and to automate more, to automate more, to automate more. Um, right now I'm at the point where um, I'm, I'm just at the start. Like I, I have like, um, like generators that will, um, that run off of like leaves and wood. Uh, but then like you can go on to like um, coal and then you can go on to, um, fuel, like, um, you know, like gasoline or whatever. And then you can go on to, like, um, nuclear stuff and, like, you get nuclear waste that you have to deal with, <laughs> which is fun. And, like, it's just, like, you can spend hours just building stuff. It's very fun. So what is it? <laughs> kind of like a progression of, like, civilization in a sense, if you start from, like, an earthy vibe and then you're, like, moving in and progressing. Is that con- kind of the vibe? Like, it's more like a like techno- technological pr- progression kind of. So, like, at the start, you'll only have a few machines and then you kind of research to get more machines. And then those machines make new parts that you use to research to get even more machines and so on and so forth. Okay. Right. Um, sorry to cut you off there. Sorry. Out, out of question, because this game does sound quite fascinating. Are there any other games that you would say like it that maybe, you know, if someone likes this game, then they're probably going to like Satisfactory? Uh, Yeah, so um, there are two games that are very similar. So one game is called Factorio, which I think um, really, I think um, Satisfactory really took a lot of um, inspiration from Factorio. It's very similar, except Factorio um, is more from a top-down perspective perspective instead of being first person like satisfactory um and in uh in satisfactory the ore deposits are limitless um and it's just a matter of how fast you can get off them like how fast you can get stuff from them 
whereas in Factorio, the ore deposits are, have limits unless I think there's there might be a mode where you can make them limitless. I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, there's also, um, uh, what's it? Oh, I can't remember what it's called now. <laughs> God! Um, there's also another game... Um, Something Sphere. Oh, it's called Dyson Sphere Program, which is very similar to those two, but it's also, like, in a whole galaxy. So you have, like, different stars and stuff, and your aim is to build a, uh, a device around the sun that captures all the sun's radiation so that you can power your um, civilization. So, yeah, I've, I've, I've been really getting into Satisfactory. Um, I, like... Like I said, I, I'm actually um, very early into it and I'm going to be doing a Let's Play of it on my own YouTube channel. Um, I'm not sure if I can shout that out, but yeah. Go ahead. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, it's called Hertz Place, H-U-R-T-Z-P-L-A-Y-Z. And yeah, look it up. But um, yeah, it's a very fun game. There's also lots of other Let's Plays of it on YouTube. It's It's gotten pretty... It's gotten pretty um, out there. It's also still in uh, beta, like it's still in development. So um, it'll be changing a bit, like over, you know, some time. Um, there's just been a recent update, I think update four. But, um, you know, it will change and they're going to be adding more content as we go along kind of. Fair yeah. enough, fair enough. It sounds interesting. And I think if you've got nothing else to do during lockdowns and during restrictions, definitely check it out. But you know what you can check out right here and right now? Our next song. Now, our next song is one of my personal favourites of all time. It is Aquatic Ambience from Donkey Kong Country. And this is covering the swimming uh, from the Olympic sports, uh, Olympic game sports here on Player One on Sin. Welcome back to Player One on Sin. You just heard Stoned at the Nail Salon by Lord, part of our Sweet 16. You can check that out every single week at sin.org.au, or you can also check it out on Sunday Sweets Sunday Show every Sunday at noon. But unfortunately, we are coming to the end of tonight's show, and what a show we've had. We've debuted a couple new segments. Uh, we've given you a little teaser into the... Um, into the grudge match, definitely keep an eye out for that because that's going to be coming out very, very soon. Um, and we just had some fun talking about the Olympics and enjoying ourselves on tonight's episode. And if you want to find some more fun from other episodes, please check out Player One Sin on Twitter and Instagram. You can also check out different types of content on Player One on YouTube. And you can also have a look for us on Omni, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify in case you want to recatch anything you missed in the near future at Player One. And, guys, I just have to ask, do we have anything to say to our lovely listeners before we uh, head to bed, get some Zs? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan with, with eloquence in his words. But uh, I'm going to tell everyone, listen, go, go get a nice hot cup of tea, or if you're like me and who's an absolute maniac, grab a cup of coffee before bed. And I highly recommend that you check out that Pikachu and Eevee race. It was actually very funny. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely, definitely. 
Um, yeah, my final words, just everyone stay safe, look after yourselves, play lots of games, lots of awesome games out to play and catch you all next week. Very much so. And one last time, just keep an eye on our socials, keep an eye on our YouTube because I can promise there is some very, very fun new content right around the corner. But to see that, and I just heard play uh, good old Connor's um, uh, machine get turned on, so we all know what he's about to do. And you can go turn your machine on and enjoy your night. Have a good night, and thanks for listening.